guys. Welcome back to Black Card Rehab, the show where we go from zero to black one episode at a time. I am joined by my white friend, Paige. Hi, Paige. Hi. On on a scale of zero to black, how are you feeling today? I am feeling Twitter taking down Lana Del Rey, and I am so happy about it. Wait. (laughs) I, I I keep seeing her name on Twitter and every time I see it I'm like I can't. So I don't I don't actually know what happened. Yeah, so I have I have not been a Lana Del Rey fan for the duration. <laughs> like the first time I saw her on SNL I was like this is some boring nonsense. <laughs> and then I would tell people I'm like yeah, it seemed like boring nonsense and they're like you don't understand her art and I'm like I think I'm good <laughs> not understanding whatever she thinks is art. And then this past week, uh, I don't know if you know, but the top four slots on the Billboard 100 are all women of color. It's the first time it's ever happened. Oh, yes. I didn't know about that part. Oh. And in the midst of this, mm-hmm. she posted a rant that was like, okay, well, can we talk about how no one's been respecting my art and all of <gasps> these people are allowed to sing about being sexy and I'm not and feminism, but not fuck? feminism. And she literally only listed artists of color. And I was like, <laughs> Bitch, if you're oh going to argue about people using their sexuality to sell music, there's a whole lot of white ladies on that list, too. Like, yeah, you <laughs> cannot just be like, it's only Beyonce and Doja Cat and not bring up Lady Gaga or Miley Cyrus or whatever. And she Madonna. understandably got dragged almost <laughs> to <Spears>. death. So, <laughs> yeah, Britney Spears, for mm-hmm. sure. Madonna. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm. She's getting dragged. I'm living for it. Okay. It's great. Cool. That I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so on a scale of zero to African American, how are you feeling today, Crystal? <laughs> um, I am feeling um, black men trying to figure out Instagram Live. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Um, so many it comedians. Thing. I haven't, <laughs> but just also the verses, like all the verses have been like falling to pieces all on, on the heels of just, I guess not wanting to ask your, one of your many children to how this works. I don't know. I, <laughs> they're I just, understand. they're just not the ready stubborn. to throw in the tile. Is that what yes. you're saying? <laughs> Oh my God! Thank you, Tyrese, um, <laughs> and whatever class he skipped that day. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm feeling that. I'm just like I'm done with technology. I'm like I'm kind of getting over it, but I'm just like, what? There's so many new things for me to learn now, and I'm like, I I have to bite the bullet and get good at it, or or else. So um, the world's gonna pass me by. Um, and you've, you've been hearing her giggling, uh, already, but, uh, <laughs> um, that's a baby. I don't know who, uh, <laughs> on today's podcast, a baby. Um, no, on today's podcast, um, we have a hilarious comedian, um, host, actress, uh, everything. She has an album that's out everywhere called All the Parts. Um, you guys, welcome Aisha Alpha. Hey. 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 They can't see me in my head rap like dance into no music. It's great. (laughs) And you also have um, like this, uh, what is it called? It's like a positivity shout out Wednesday. Yeah. On when every Wednesday morning at 10 Mm a.m. L.A. time, Sophia Zolan and I, who's another female comedian who's amazing here in L.A., we do Sophia and Aisha shout out with Winter Spears. So the two of us are on um, Instagram Live, and Winter is our our side piece that just comments and does all of the fact checking for us in every episode of our show. And we just basically we each come up with like three or four things that we love that week, and we shout them out, and we talk about it and why we love it, and we end up talking about many many things that are happening in the world. And then, uh, and yeah, we just take shout outs from everybody who's on the comments. And it's just like a big old ball of positivity in this time when all, like, you know, every day we're like, is it going to be a good day or am I going to throw myself out the window? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a challenge, right? So it's just yes. a place to go for positivity midweek on hump day to get over that hump and feel good going into the the wind down to the weekend. I love that. Um, yeah. 
I uh, and also on a scale of zero to black, how are you feeling today? Now, this is a very complicated question <laughs> uh, because okay, so I w- I think that where I'm at is like executives on the Fresh Prince deciding how to tell everybody about new Aunt Viv. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that because, is a complicated place to be. Right? Isn't it? I'm like, I, you know, I've, I've heard you guys ask this question. I've <laughs> Then what was the end result was, just don't mention it. Basically just have them go, you look different. And she's like, mm, and then they just move on. Like, it's a very strange way of doing it. But I think that it's because I, I mean, it's a very complicated um, in bo- big quotation with a, an uppercase B blackness that I have evolved into being an immigrant who came from Nigeria to Canada where I grew mm-hmm. up and my mom is very white and we grew up with my mom's white family in a white area. And then, um, and then today we're going to talk about hair and how hair mm-hmm. changed that for me. And then I moved here where everyone's like, girl, you black. Okay. And I was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. So it's been, it's a very complicated question for me all the time, the blackness. And sometimes I almost feel like I'm appropriating black culture in America when people are like, Oh, you know, black things. And I'm like, but I don't understand yeah. them all. I have not lived the same thing. You know, I was not aware I should be afraid of the police uh, until I came here and was like, oh, wow. oh, it's a real different thing. Like Canada has racism, but it's not black, white racism, right? It's yeah. like indigenous people, everybody else racism. Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, I didn't like live it. So yeah. it's a, an interesting thing coming and having people assume that I did. That's very, I mean, honestly, I... Even though I I was here the whole time, um, <laughs> I, I I took a sip of my drink at the wrong time. There, I almost spit everywhere. <laughs> I've been here the whole time, but <laughs> I don't I don't really got no excuse. Um, I also completely relate to that. Yeah, I don't think like, that you have to be and- like just because your skin is black doesn't mean that you have experienced everything that is like sort of that middle pop culture, not pop culture, but culture of blackness. Not everyone's Mm -hmm. in that pool. Like some people sitting on the edges. Some people are in a pool next door. Some people are in like the ocean. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. the skin is. Well, people can't swim, but. They're just on a floaty. (laughs) They're on a floaty. They're on a floaty. I think what I, I, what I, what the thing about your, what you're saying that's fascinating to me is, it, has, it isn't the things that are like um, that are common to the black experience that are at issue. It's the assumption that you would know about it and that you right. would have experienced it. I right. I mean, black culture is this beautiful, wonderful thing, and it's more than a skin color. And I think that's what happens when people, you know, there's this sort of beautiful cloud of culture and music and song and history and experiences, and people live somewhere in that or have some of that, even if you come into it and you've never been a part of it, you sort of just pick it up because people put it on you in certain ways. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I mean, there's also this whole, whole thing of people culturally appropriating who are, let's say like a white person culturally appropriating black things. And, and I get why people want to do that. Like mm-hmm. black culture is dope, right? Like yeah. black culture is amazing it's like i have a joke that starts off black people make the world a better place and that is Mm -hmm. just from the outside and from the inside something that's like that's true Mm -hmm. um so i understand why people want to honor it want to be it want to be a part of it want to steal it want to take it like it's it's coveted you know and that's my TED talk for <laughs> this Saturday afternoon. <laughs> well, I grew up in a like a I went to a very Christian school mm-hmm. and um, in elementary school, my uh, music teacher decided she wanted to remix the song Jesus Loves the Little Children. <laughs> First of all, like I love this music teacher right now. <laughs> Oh, Remix, yeah. yo. Bah, 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 yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> she, she thought she was Pastor DJ Khaled. Um, oh, and, Pastor DJ Khaled. <laughs> Deacon Skrillex, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and she amazing. remixed it so that when we got to <laughs> each of the, the colors of like what people are, we would do actions. 
And it was very racist. Yes. But it was so <laughs> Okay, fun. wait a minute. Can we just go back to what what I don't know this song and I don't okay, know that so part. Like what's go, the part this, where they talk about the colors? How, okay, this is how it goes. Jesus uh, save on it. <laughs> All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious, precious in his sight. sight. Jesus loves Jesus little loves children of the world. world. That's that's yeah. the whole song. Okay. But when we said red, okay. <laughs> we oh dear. did a very oh, no. racist Native American dance. Okay. Oh. I'm not even, you just imagine it, all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining, imagining horrible, horrific and... things. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's bad. Um, yellow, oh, horrendous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when we got to black, we got to be gangster rappers, you guys. Oh, my God. No. no. And what when you got to you... white? <laughs> just nothing? You just stood there and did nothing? <laughs> oh, this they is clapped the default. On the you don't even want to know. <laughs> uh, we became sailors. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, wait, okay, okay. Now I've got more problems see, with this absolutely uh, no, maybe let me tell maybe you. because they sailed across oceans and took over other countries yeah, is yeah. that perhaps <laughs> what it represented <laughs> I was say, our, our most notable sailing venture was to enslave everybody else right so <laughs> accurate just pretend but, to steal things um, yeah. right yeah <laughs> but no when we got to black we were like and let me tell you I lived. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) That was our favorite part. You guys, we couldn't wait. See, because everybody loves black culture. What did I say? Exactly. Even little kids. Even little kids. Exactly. So, yeah. That's the thing is like you I mean kids you can't you can't blame kids for anything because they are just honest like blank slates. You tell them to do this like that feels fun. That sounds fun. Like they do it. It's those <laughs> that your teacher uh, should be putting some question though. Yeah. Yeah. She was yeah. fired the next year but Yeah. I I'm going to assume yeah. she wasn't black and she wasn't um red in big quotation marks and she wasn't <laughs> yellow in big quotation marks. I'm no, going to assume Mrs. Wagner yeah. was not. Um... <laughs> yeah. We name names here. Um... <laughs> she lives at 1426 Shelby Lane. <laughs> Just like, go find her. <laughs> What are you going to be talking to us today about? I'm going to be talking about um, beautiful, natural black hair. Yes. Specifically, ladies' black natural hair. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And we have had a hair episode before, but you have such a different perspective on it. And I'm really curious. And I mean, even what you said about like coming even closer to black culture through hair. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, so I'm, I'm mixed. So my mom is uh, possibly the whitest woman I've ever met in my life. (laughs) And then my father is a very black Nigerian man. So I'm like Uh literally both ends of the spectrum put together. Um, and like, I, I was born in Nigeria. My father's Nigerian. We were there. My mom lived in Nigeria. Um, and so when I, when I was really, really young, like my mom learned how to plait hair and how to do hair like my family in Nigeria was doing Applause, it. applause, applause. Thank you, thank you. Sure. I'll spread those mm-hmm. to Michelle. I'll let her know. Uh, <laughs> um, so, like, that was what I, that was what my hair was. My mom would plait the front of my hair and put it in, a, in sort of a puff on top, or she would, like, braid all of my hair or plait it all back. And for anyone who doesn't know, I always thought it called it plaits, but it's, like, cornrows. Same, mm-hmm. same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just how I had my hair. Like, it, my hair is, uh, like, a curly it goes very, very like almost blondie at like brassy blondie in the summertime. But it's like, that's sort of exactly what you would expect when you see like a blonde and a blonde lady and a black man made a baby. <laughs> so, you know, and I was like, great, great, great. Wonderful. Um, and then my, both my parents were studying to do their PhDs. So my father, my father had left. My mom was with us for a long time. And then my, my mom finished her PhD and my dad was just taking care of my brother and I. And like, he didn't know how to do hair. He grew up with oh, all shoot. brothers. Oh, shoot. right. That's so the breakdown happened. <laughs> oh my God. And oh, ble- God. bless him. He tried. He used to do like <laughs> pick out the hair once a week and have my brother like juggle and entertain me. And I was like, ah! like, I just hated it. <laughs> so he, when my mom was away, took me to a black salon and was like, please help. We don't know what to do with her hair. I can't keep doing it. And they took my small, tiny little behind. I was probably like three or four. 
and they put me in the chair and they relaxed all of my hair. And then when I was relaxed, they cut bangs. So I all of a sudden had bangs and relaxed hair. And my my father, we called my mom when she was still in. I was like, mommy, mommy, I got bangs. And my mom just like instantly started crying. Yeah. Like she was just like, what? What what happened? What like what's going on? Oh, and so when she came back home after finishing all her like schools and stuff, she was just like, oh, my God, like she was so upset. She was so upset with my father. But like he didn't know what he literally was like, I'm either going to shave it off or we have to go get somebody else to do it. Uh So um, but then we didn't do it again. So my hair went back to being curly and it was fine, you know, Uh and then time went on, whatever. And all of a sudden I started becoming more conscious of how my hair was different than everybody else's. Mm -hmm. And I specifically remember being in like grade three and there was some kid in our class had lice and they had the lice lady come to school and, you know, she brings a little chopstick and she like searches through everyone's hair. And then you have to like use that fine tooth comb to comb all the lice little bits out. And I remember her like going through everybody and getting to me and I sat down and my hair at the time, my mom had unbraided it. So it was just like this big ball of like curls mm-hmm. and the woman like basically like took the chopstick and like stuck it in and it was like I don't know what to do with this like was like mm-hmm. I don't know I can't mm-hmm. I can't look and it was like oh I'm different than everybody else yeah. I'm not the same right uh-huh. it was and I was the only kid who was blackish at all in my mm-hmm. um in like growing up in most of my classes and maybe in all of my classes growing up actually um so it was just a, a moment of being like, wow, I'm really different. And then I started noticing more and more. And I, I remember moving to a new school and every girl had straight hair that mm-hmm. went to their chin and they all had the same kind of haircut. And it was like, that was the thing. That was the cool thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, mom, I really, really, really want to have straight hair. Mm-hmm. And at the time it was just like hot combs, which did shit. You know what I mean? Like your hair just got like bigger and puffier and fluffier. So she finally took me to get my hair relaxed at a black salon. And then she, with the kitchen shears, I, and it was long, like it was like down middle back, thick, beautiful, you know, and even when it was relaxed. And then she took the kitchen shears and chopped it to just above my chin. And that's I what wanted, that's what I wanted. That's what I thought I wanted. That's what I wanted. <laughs> and as soon as she chopped it, I was like, Oh God, no, like what have I done? <laughs> and it was horrible. It was like a big triangle. Like it just went like, Foof, and like came straight. It was horrible, 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 horrible. And then it was like, I was chasing the dragon after that. Like I was constantly trying to like grow my hair out, but it was so brittle. Like I relaxed it from grade, I think six, mm-hmm. starting in grade six. What was I like 11 or something? And then I relaxed it all the time for years and years and years, decades until I was 30. Wow. Yeah. And okay. so like, and I remember looking back at pictures and being like, my hair was so thick when I first relaxed it. It was thick. Uh-huh. It was long. It was beautiful. It was like full. And then by the time I had done this for so long, my hair was like really brittle. Each individual piece is so, so, so thin. Yeah. It was breaking. Um, it was just like horrible, horrible. And I mean, I also played sports. So my hair was always in a ponytail. I was mm-hmm. always sweaty. I was always washing it like multiple times a day sometimes, which is just horrible, horrible for your hair. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, but I just thought that was like my hair is just going to be this thin, horrible hair because mm-hmm. this is the only style that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I saw like a gray peeking out, <laughs> one gray. <laughs> and I was like, no, nah! my mom went gray when she was super young. So I was like, oh, my God, my hair is going to turn gray. Uh-huh. I don't want to dye it and chemically relax it. So I've yeah. got to choose one or the other. And I was like, vanity took over. And I was like, I must have hair that no one can tell at my age. So I was like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to start growing out my curls. Mm-hmm. And it was like this real, um, I mean, we all know for women and possibly for lots of men, like hair is such a big part of your style and your look. Yeah. Um, and when, like I had no clue what my hair was going to be. Like I had no clue where I was going toward mm-hmm. and I didn't do the big chop, which in hindsight might've been better, but I was just like, I'll just grow it underneath and no one will notice. Mm-hmm. And then- <laughs> And I had those like wonderful, but like really delusional friends who were like, it looks really good. You're growing your hair. It looks good. I look back at pictures now and I look like, like an aging rocker. You know what I mean? Like those old guys with like the scraggle bits on the end and it's like real puffy and like horrible. And funny. it was just, oh, like bad. Like the curls were tied underneath. And then there was like the real witchy kind of like curls coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I grew my hair out and it was this amazing transformation because I was also going through a lot at that time I was I had just 
moved back from living overseas. I was like changing professions. That was when I got into comedy mm-hmm. um, right before this and, and acting and um, a real like coming into my own space just in general. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think of the hair as anything other than vanity just yeah. to, you know, but um, all of a sudden people started seeing me as more black. Interesting. And it was such a shock because it's not like I, I mean, I never would have even identified in Canada as like a black woman. I don't think I always say mixed because that's how I see it. And that's like in Canada, you can be that that's a thing. Um, And then all of a sudden I started getting asked to come out for roles that were like black woman. And I was like, Oh, interesting. That's me. Um, And I was like referred to as like the black comedian. And I just became black overnight. And it was this weird thing where my identity changed and I had to like catch up and figure that out. Wow. But um, it was kind of a beautiful thing because I had never really analyzed my blackness for lack of, you know, better explanation. I'd never really, because my, my, all of my black side of my family is all in Nigeria. So it's not like I spend time with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Always was around my mom's family who are like, you know, farmers and hunters in rural Manitoba in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, all of my f- like friends that I grew up with in school and stuff, there wasn't a lot of diversity. So it was mostly white kids. Um, and then all of a sudden I was being called black and I was like, oh, I am black though. I'm just as much black as I am white. And I've never really thought about it. Um, so it was like, an, it was a really interesting transition period for me to to go through that and then sort of step into that and think about like, what does it mean to be black for me? And what does it mean? Like, does that change anything for me? Does that change my comedy? Do I, you know, do I have to fit into something all of a sudden now? Um, And like, that was all just in Canada. You know what I mean? Where (laughs) it's just very, like I was saying before, like there's just not the same black, white racism that exists in America. There is racism in Canada. There is black racism against black people, but mostly it's indigenous people that are, you know, the, that are oppressed and that are treated poorly. Um, so yeah, it was just like a really weird time of figuring out who I was. And at the same time doing comedies, which is an an opportunity to figure out who you are and what you want to say and what your point Mm -hmm. of view is. When you were like, okay, I need to figure this out. Was your starting point watching waiting to exhale? Oh my gosh. Can I tell you that like my, um, when people hear the movies that I have not seen that are like staples in the black community, it's like devastating for them. Like they are, they go home and cry for me. You know, it's like people who pray for you about that. Right. (laughs) I literally hadn't seen waiting to, we did a whole episode of waiting to exhale. We watched school days. I haven't seen any of these movies. Yeah. Girl. I haven't seen, I haven't seen, I've seen, um, what is it, Stella? Not is it Stella got a group back? I have seen yeah, that. Stella, Stella yeah. got a group back. I saw that back. in theaters for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen any of the any any Friday. Friday what is uh-huh. that what's called? Haven't oh, seen no, those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen those. Mm-hmm. Have not seen. Um, oh my god, what is it called? Uh, Spike Lee's movie, Do the Right Thing. Have not seen that. Well, I haven't seen like any. Have like, you seen all the Fridays? I've seen the Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah guys yeah so- yeah you idiots yes <laughs> i've definitely seen like 1.2 of the fridays <laughs> I, I i know for sure i've seen all of the first one and i'm pretty sure i've seen the second one too but i saw them on tv uh-huh. so mm-hmm. i i'm sure i'm absolutely sure there's things missing Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I yeah. am curious though. Do you remember what year you tried to get the chin cut? That would have been in. So I would have been a, that would have been nineteen ninety one. Okay, uh, is that right? I'm thinking so because yeah. that haircut came back around in for me it would have been nineteen ninety eight or nine like when friends was on and rachel had yep. that like pfft, yep yeah mm-hmm. it was <laughs> rachel and and i have very naturally curly hair that actually used to be more curly 
but after years of straightening is not as curly as it was. And I tried to attempt that haircut as well. uh, (laughs) Unfortunately, right? it's not, it does not work for anybody who has textured hair that it's not like silky smooth. It literally only works if you have literally like, shapeless thin straight hair that you then yeah. have to curl to make it work there's a there's a very few hairstyles that i could pull up now interestingly enough if i ever do straighten my hair it's like long and luxurious and will hold a curl and will do anything you want i'm like really mm-hmm. this is the best of all the worlds i've ever wanted <laughs> is when i just grew my hair naturally <laughs> yeah it's not it's like um but yeah so i all this stuff happened in winnipeg i don't know and people yeah. don't know where winnipeg is but it's like it's like um, Minnesota, but like like that. It's just above um, Mi- Minnesota in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's like that's where we used to go to Minneapolis to like go to the big city and go shopping. That was our big. I thing. love Minneapolis. This makes me Minneapolis. So happy. It's such a good city in all. It's a great I'm like also city. Prince came from there, so it yes. can do no wrong at this point, right? <laughs> um, but like it's Man- Manitoba, where I grew up, is like all farms. It's totally flat. It, there's not there traditionally was not a lot of diversity now it's changing but mm-hmm. it was a lot of like you know white working farmers and stuff mm-hmm. and that was sort of the feel of it um and then after a couple of years of being in my comedy career and set there and my acting career I moved to Toronto which was a total eye-opener because mm-hmm. it's so diverse it's like amazingly diverse and everyone's mixed it's not like the black people live here, the white people live here, the Asian people live here. It's like everyone's everywhere, which is delightful. Mm-hmm. And I remember being there and literally like people who looked like me were walking past and I was like, oh, 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 oh. like I was like so excited to see people who look like me. I had never been able to talk to any about anybody about like being mixed. I'd never been able to talk to anybody about like hair stuff, about anything. And you, if you mm-hmm. know black women at all, you know, we love to talk about hair, yeah. right? I was like, I think I told you, um, Crystal, what I, when I was coming through the border sometimes when I was coming to LA to do comedy, one time I went through and the woman didn't even look at my passport because she just was like, girl, what are you using your hair? And we talked for 15 <laughs> minutes. And then she was like, go on your way and good luck with your shows. Like she was just so cool. But I was like, this is, this is only a black woman with natural hair experience where like you talk to people, like everybody wants to exchange information about the, you know, the products and all this kind of stuff. So you hear that drug traffickers? You better get your natural hair on with point. Natural. You better get on this <laughs> coconut oil and Amazonian clay. You better right. <laughs> oh my god! I just found out that Diva Curl is like a class action suit against them because people were losing their hair, and that's what I've been using <gasps> forever. Oh my uh, god! I know, really? and I'm like, I lost a bunch of hair in the front, but I think also because I was like in pregnancy, that happens to a lot of women. But now I'm like, but maybe it was Diva Girl, <laughs> was it my baby after all? <laughs> there, there's a ridiculous, like, crazy white hair product that was litter chunks of hair. <laughs> like there are pictures of people oh, going no. like full on bald from it and they still <laughs> oh sell God. it on TV and it's the best thing in the world. It's crazy. And it's, yeah, people need it's to stop, crazy. you know, mm-hmm. putting crazy chemicals. But it's like hair. people like hair is that that's what lets you know a hair is such an important part of people mm-hmm. is that they were, they will spend a lot of money and they're mm-hmm. willing to like put anything in it to get the result they want. Even if it's like, there's a chance it could make you bald, but yep. you know, they have those like, there. Side effects are could make you go bald, make you like <laughs> suicidal. And everyone's like, I don't care. Let me try it. Is it going to get good curls? Give it to me. But yeah, that, I mean, that stuff has happened to me in an airport. Like, especially when I would go to uh, Atlanta. I remember the first time I went to Adla- an Atlanta airport, it was just like TSA after TSA. Like, oh, I like that. I, oh, I yes. like this girl. Like, I love that. <laughs> I know. People don't like going through airport security. And I'm like, that's where I have great conversations about hair. <laughs> And I love TSA, like the people who who do all the security stuff, because they might be in their uniform that's horrible and unflattering and stuff, but everyone's got good hair and yes. good earrings. Yes. Am I right? I'm like every <laughs> every time, manicures. good earrings and good hair. And man, yes, good manicures. Mm-hmm. And like, if you have to stick your finger up someone's butt, you're going to lose one of those nails, but ah! it's fine. That's, they will uh, still have them. Whenever I fly, <laughs> I fly home, I fly through Oakland because that's our nearest airport. 
And at Oakland International, if you get pat downs, I have more than once got, gotten a little bit of a nick from somebody's nail. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's my fault for wearing underwire bras through the x-ray. But like, <laughs> I just kind of have to be prepared for it at this point. Oh, don't pretend like you don't put them on on purpose so you can get those pat downs <laughs> and get those nails all over you. <laughs> it's just nice to feel wanted. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Um, um, so you're in Toronto, you're seeing people that you've like, that look like you mm-hmm. and uh, do you start going to a salon at that point? Like, how do you start? Like, I wasn't really doing much with my hair then. Like, so I had finally grown out all the relaxed parts. So it was really actually all of my natural curls. And I was like, just trying to figure out, you know, when you move from one city to another, the water changes and the air can condi- or air changes and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like relearning your hair every time you move. Um, so I was just trying to learn which products to use. And I honestly, I don't think I got a haircut the entire time I was in Toronto. And I lived mm-hmm. there for like three and a half years, not a single mm-hmm. haircut. Because I was like, I want long hair and was not taking care of the ends or anything like that. Um, but it was amazing. Like going to Toronto, it was the first time I'd talked to people. I was like, no one, I'm not going to be, you know, different or special there. But all of a sudden I felt way more special because I could relate with more people. And mm-hmm. also everyone was like, good hair girl. Like we would have those conversations. So mm-hmm. I felt like in something Mm. Um, but then I, uh, went, I moved to LA and, (laughs) (laughs) and that's the end. No, then I I moved to LA and so many things happened. So I have a whole bit about it in my act, but legit, I, I became black, like with a capital Mm -hmm. B, like it was, I stepped off the plane and all of a sudden it wasn't just like, Oh, um, people are like, oh, that's the black friend. Like all of a sudden everyone was like, you know what we've been through. You know what's going on. You know all these movies. You know all these songs. You know all the beefs. For, like Just like you know everything. And I was like, my agents who were here were like, we need you to like write this for this show that really wants black points of view and perspective from America. And I'm like, you know that I do not have that though, right? Like I'm like a Canadian who grew up with like her mom's like French Canadian family. Like it's just not at all the thing you're looking for. And so I would write stuff, but I really felt like I was like culturally appropriating shit because I'm like doing research to write from my perspective, which, Uh you know what I mean? It felt really wrong. And eventually I just said to them, I wrote them this long like email where I was like, I just want to explain to you guys who I am and why this feels awkward. And then I told them everything and they were like, Mm -hmm. so you don't want to do black things. Got it. Okay, I'll move on. And I was like, oh God. Rude. I mean, they, they, in all fairness, they just didn't really understand, like a lot of people don't, that Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have that, like that I don't have that perspective being in Canada. Like it's just a different thing. Um, And just like some people in Canada do have it. I just didn't, you know what I mean? I just was not part of that. Um, But um, then also the whole learning like your hair again, I moved to LA and the LA water, dang, Mm, dang, (laughs) it is harsh. All my hair went from like, I was growing a nice big fro and then I came here. The air is different. The water is really different and like broke off to half its size. Like I had a little like boy Afro. Like I was like the Michael Jackson, like Jackson five Afros from back in the, you know what I mean? Like those like real close to your head ones. And I hated it. I was like, I've been trying to grow my hair for so long. Um, and yes, then I found Michael Jackson that I'm allowed to listen to because he, <laughs> because he, he was, was still okay innocent. back then. <laughs> I'm, I know all that stuff about like when people when artists do something bad, are you like can, what can you do? Like the the music was still good. The music was innocent. You find the date of the offense. <laughs> Any music that was made after this date, you got to take it off your your Spotify. But yeah. other than that. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, so I, I being here, it was like a real experience of like really uh, learning about black culture in America because people assumed I knew it. And so I did research, more and more research. My husband, who is a white man, um, s- spent his whole university career studying black history. Um, and he awesome. has a whole, yeah, I know. I mean, like he's like, he like no he like knows he knows yeah. so much history so much black history and like civil rights movement he has mm-hmm. he's a um a civil rights lawyer here uh and he has a whole project a screenplay that is about the student nonviolent coordinating committee uh snick back in the 60s yeah. from the civil rights and i'm like when when i don't know so and like he, so he's really attuned to what's mm-hmm. going on in 
America and with like laws and bills and all like all the kind of stuff that goes on. And so I'm learning, ironically, yeah, I am learning about certain parts of black culture through like the eyes and experience of my husband and his work. So Are like we the same person. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's kind of like this weird like I feel shameful at times saying that because it's like oh you're learning through this. Like I went to an NAACP event because my husband was invited because of the work he does. And I went with him as the plus one and when we got there for the first time in my life being a black woman next to a white man they ignored him and focused on me and they're like honey what's your name where where are you on the registration i was like actually it's him this white man with the blue eyes and the blonde hair this is the one who uh, you guys invited i'm just the plus one and they were like uh-huh like what's his name they like would not like it was like go through the black lady go through the black lady so it's just like you know stuff like that where it does feel weird to be yeah. in this and like kind of be on the outside but kind of be on the inside yeah. but i think like for me the hair is this natural bridge to allow me to enter in a way that doesn't feel um, inauthentic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's my naturalness. It's who I am. It's how my yeah. hair is meant to come out. So it makes me feel more authentic. It makes me feel yeah. better about myself and able to like talk about things easier that have to do with race and stuff. Mm-hmm. But also it's like, I can, I can own it. I can be like, yeah, I am black here. You know, that's mm-hmm. people would describe me as black. And also, I do not have the same experiences, but I do have a unique experience that is a black experience that's different from maybe this sort of generalized black um, cultural ex- experience in America. Um, so it's a it's it's really helped me like growing my natural hair. First of all, just it feels good to not be trying to change myself into something that really is a European beauty standard. Yeah, because it's like killing, literally killing a part of me, you know, to try and fit in and like taking away in a very dramatic way, I guess, but taking away the blackness in order to fit in is sort of how it started. Mm -hmm. And when I think about that, like it kills my soul and my heart to think about, you know, preteen me thinking the only way I can be part of this group is to take away something that identifies me as being black. Um, also kills me because I had such good hair. Dang it. Like, why was yeah. I hiding that? You know what I mean? I'm like, it is good curls. I will tell you what. Um, so it's just like, it's a really sad thing when, I mean, every woman and man and everybody should be able to do their hair how they want to do it. Weaves, relax or whatever. And also, in addition to that, it's sad for me to think that there's a time and there's places still now where, like, I've been told in an audition when I went with curls, that I've been told um, you shouldn't come in here looking so unprofessional. Mm-hmm. And when I asked, I further asked, because I was like, they're not saying what I think that they're saying. I, this is in Canada. And I said, like, what do you mean? And they're like, you look unprofessional. And I'm in like a suit and all these things. And I'm like, what are you saying? And she's like, well, your hair, it's curly. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, calm, calm yourself down. Do not yell at this bitch right now. Okay, like just <laughs> calm it down. And I asked another white woman who had curls. And I'm like, did she say anything about your hair? And she's like, no, what do you mean? And I was like, okay. So I was like, this is racist. It's not unprofessional for me to come in with my natural hair being beautiful and curly and like mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And I like kind of had a fit about it. And then I ended up getting the role. And I was like, take that. You know what I mean? I'm like, snap. <laughs> but then they were like, would you mind straightening your hair? <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I felt, I felt vindicated though because I was like, I don't need straight hair to get the role. And I'm not yes. going to do all that work to get the role because I'm not going to yeah. pretend I'm something that I am not to get the role. Yeah. If I get it and you want me to have straight hair, you want a different hairstyle, you want me to do braids or whatever, then I will think about it then and decide and do it or not do it. But I'm like, you know what I mean? If you're going to pay me for the role, yes. I'm more likely to want to straighten my hair out. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure as hell not going to do that because it makes me look more professional and will help me get the role. I was like, that's bullshit. It, mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. you can't tell a black woman that her hair, like all the stuff about kids in schools being told they can't have like dreads, they can't have curls, they can't like I'm like, that is so racist and no one's calling it well, people are, but like they're just not calling it racism. The school's not like, you know what, we'd like to be racist and tell you that's not allowed. Like that's what it should just be. Put that out there. Yeah. Um yeah. Anyway, that's my rant for (laughs) like I feel like I just keep going on these rants, but (laughs) I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind. Um yeah, I think there's a lot of like there's a lot connected to hair and Uh, holding people down and making people feel less than when it comes to hair and hairstyles because um, white lady hair, there's never an issue. 
Yeah. I don't know any issues with white lady hair. I don't know anybody getting kicked out of places because their hair is something, you know? Um, so I don't understand why that would happen for other, for other, well, for specifically for black women. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, like one of the things that has been, um, like such a revelation to me and, uh, well, I, I guess I should take a step back. The first person who told me I should go natural was my Latina, a former Black Panther advisor in sociology and college. Oh, snap. Okay. <laughs> she gave me a whole article written by, I think it was like a Malcolm X article about like uh-huh. natural hair. And did you have and your hair relaxed at the time? It was. And yeah. it wasn't until two years later that I actually did it. But the thing is, it's like, and it's not... I actually think this does extend to like even like not like even beyond black women, but separating us from even knowing how to take care of our hair is such mm. a issue of yeah. Like, I think it is a there's a there's a soul separation there. Absolutely, that's such a good point. That like even just knowing how to care for it, um, it's like caring for your body. You know, like we know when I get out of the shower, I put lotion on because that's what my skin needs. I know that like how to wash my face because that's what my face needs. I know how to like, right now I'm breastfeeding my baby. I know how to do my breast health. You know what I mean? Like things like that, where with hair, it's like, it's not, it's not cool. It's not good. There's a problem with it. There's a, you know, if you want to change your hair, the amount of women who are like, oh, is that yours? Oh, like, it's like. That is none of your business. You come up to me and talk to me about, are your breasts real? Are your eyelashes yours? Yeah. Or It's like, you know what I mean? Like, this is style. This is fashion. But it's also, like, a personal connection. A personal also connection for me, like, directly to my roots in, like, Nigeria, in Africa, mm-hmm. where that's how my hair, my mom used to do my hair, like, with the women in the village, how mm-hmm. they would do, like, that's just, like, a traditional like, thing. And then to Where's be, like, ripped away from that. Mom? Right. (laughs) Can you imagine? So this is back in the day when like there was not there was not all this, you know, travel international. There was international travel. There was not all this like face timing and whatnot. So where my father's family lived, they had never seen a white person. Like they used to call me when I would go there. They used to call me white because they thought I was like legitimately thought I was a white person. Mm -hmm. And my mom told me stories when she was there as a young woman, like early 20s mm-hmm. that there were kids who would be were terrified because they thought she was a ghost oh yeah isn't that cr- and i mean like in all fairness my mom is literally like the white like she's like platinum blonde she is like see-through <laughs> skin it's ridiculous but like can you like the feeling of having people be terrified of you yeah. because they've never seen something like you and i'm like i said can you imagine that and i'm like oh right black people right <laughs> of course they can <laughs> right like what am i talking about <laughs> But even, like, stuff like that. Like, I've never gone through that. I've never been. I'm also that, like, the halfway point. So people are like, oh, she's black, but she's okay. And I'm like, oh, Like, to be a part of that notion is also, like, revolting, you know, in a way. Um, but I digress. <laughs> but, yeah, my mom should have, a, like, an after-school movie made about her. How did she end up in Nigeria? My, my parents met in university. Okay. And so my mom was the only person from like her whole area to go to university. And they were all like, what? You're going to the big city? And then she said in her heart, she always knew she was going to end up doing something in some country in Africa. And nobody understands how or why. But she met my father. And like six months later, they got married. And then they moved to Nigeria um, and had kids. And I was like, you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> if I did, if, can you imagine though, like you're 19, just being 19 and going anywhere to get married is like, that's foolish. But um, being 19 and like my, my mom's family did not want her to marry a black man. My dad's family did not wear, want him to marry a white woman. Like it was like, they really fought against all of the currents to get to what's going on. And they're still married today. They're, it's like from 1973 to now. So they did something, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. I was talking to my dad about washing hair and like, I don't even remember why, but I found out that my dad ha- like has never washed his hair. <laughs> he's that never, yeah, he, he's never put shampoo in his hair. He's like, once in a while I've gotten soap in it, like, like a bar of soap in it, but like he's never shampooed his hair. And I was like, my, that's amazing. Yeah. My co-host on my other podcast doesn't wash his hair either. He uses apple cider vinegar every once in a while. Right. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just to cleanse the bill. Like yeah. I'm like, I use product in it. So I'm like, I got to cleanse that at mm-hmm. least out. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I do. Like I do a hair wash once a week mm-hmm. and then 
And my husband knows he's like, it's the weekend. Are you going to do your hair wash? Should I take the baby for a walk? Like I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to need some time, you know? That's so funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a process. Yes. It is. But now I've like, I've learned my hair. It's growing. It's so long. Pregnancy helped a lot because the front, the front, like all these baby hairs, all this like balded essentially and is now growing back. But the rest Uh of it, it's like long. It's like so long right now. It's crazy. Um, And I finally think I've like got like the, the, you know, like the scientific formula for making it work. Uh And then in like a year that'll all change and I'll have to like find new things. But I'm like in my sweet spot right now. It's great. Oh, yeah. Black women are chemists right now. Uh Like, if you look at Pinterest, like, the the ingredients, the... I mean, my friend's actually talking about, like, you know, trying to create her own products. And I get it because Mm -hmm. it's, like, this weird... Right now, we're in this weird um, place where it's, like, like, the capitalists... Like, the capitalist nature of of America is just like finally discovered this as a profitable, you know, know. right. And so they're starting to take advantage of it, but it's like, okay, so, you know, the new products that are on the scene, like who can be trusted, who can't, it's like, you have to, you still have to experiment and, you know, and I'm like, but I, but it's still hard for me to make that transition. Like my mom's, my mom uses like Pantene's in the game now, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, Pantene, like <laughs> Pantene Pro V, like I just like I remember like so many years, just like seeing all of those you know shampoos that I knew I couldn't use right. that my friends could use, and I was using those because that's just what we had in the house for my mom's hair. Right. My mom was the only one who washed her hair, so I was like, okay, Pantene Pro V, Head and Shoulders for like you know and all these like things. Uh-huh. But um, I was always I'm like I really think there should be some sort of platform where it's like a Facebook but for for women who want to exchange products where mm. like you bought a big tub of something you didn't love it you spent yes. your $40 to get it and you've used like one tenth of it and right. you're like okay who has this other product I'm looking for do you want to exchange something mm-hmm. and try it out or like you know just like mm-hmm. put things up on there for for trading barter system and then you'd have like a an ability to just like try things out um I like but- that yeah. Okay. Like an, Nobody like steal her idea, <laughs> unless you want. It's like what? Oh, I said like an Ipsy box for black hair care products. What? Yes. Ipsy? What's that? So like- it's like a monthly makeup box you get with sample size stuff. But imagine uh-huh. if you could sign up for a service where you could have sample sizes of all of those hair care products. I can't believe someone has not done that yet. Actually, I know, right? Mm-hmm. This is the time to do it, too. Everyone's at home experimenting with all sorts of... You've got a cheese fridge. Like, people can do. be doing this <laughs> yeah. setting out. Yeah, I think it's a good... Because, like, yeah, you don't know until you know. Mm-hmm. Even, like, like I went I went to go get my hair cut for the first time in so long when I was here. And I was, like, mm-hmm. asked all my girls who had really good curly hair where they went to. And every single one of them said, okay, he's crazy expensive. But yeah. he's the curl guru. And his oh, name I was going to say, yeah, I was like, a, mm-hmm, I know exactly you know what you're talking about. Yeah, and yep. it was like, I, I was like, okay, and mm-hmm. I was having a really hard time because my hair was just getting shorter and shorter, and Josh, who's my husband now, boyfriend at the time, was like, okay, I see that this is affecting you. Like, he's, he's the most beautiful man ever. He's like, this is affecting you in a real way. For your mm-hmm. birthday, I'm going to get you an appointment with this guy. <gasps> oh, that's To get, so like, sweet. an initial, right? Oh. Um, and I called, and they're like, okay, we can get you in in, like, six months. And I was like, what? So we made, and to make the appointment, you have to leave like $175 or $150 deposit to make the appointment. And I was like, oh, snap. So I did that. And then someone canceled and I got in earlier. But like, it really shifted everything for me. Like it gave, he gave me new techniques and new products to try that worked. Mm -hmm. And it gave me this like confidence, even though my hair was like still that short little like Afro bob, Mm -hmm. I was like, look at these girls popping. Like I was like, look at me go. I was shining all of a sudden. I felt so much more confident. Like I felt sexy for the first time. I felt Mm -hmm. like good in my skin. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm a black grown ass woman Mm -hmm. who looks good in her natural state. Like I was just like feeling (laughs) myself. Um, Yeah, it was really. And then like, you know, I can afford to go to him maybe once every year or two years, but then you feel like amazing when you do it because it's worth it. He knows the hair. He cuts literally one curl at a time Mm -hmm. dry curl cut and it takes like a gazillion hours but it's like amazing so yeah I just think that there's like it's been like a real it's a transition for me that's taken me from like not thinking about race at all and not like knowing about it to being aware of it and then to being in it 
to the point where now I'm noticing things like the other, you know, I'm like, I notice now that I grew up not seeing anyone who looked like me on TV. That was never mm-hmm. a thing that was even in my psyche. Mm. I notice now when people like say things that are essentially racism, like clouded in talking about style or hair or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And I'm like, that's racist, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. I noticed those things. And now I have like a feeling about it because it feels like I'm not only seeing it, but now I'm knowing it's actually personal to me as well. And yeah. now I have like a real point of view about it. Um, that is like, it feels empowering. It feels like I'm, I'm now not just on the, uh, the sidelines watching. I'm like actually a part of this thing that people always assumed I was a part of. Right. So yeah, it feels good. And my hair looks amazing. You know, I, I do say so myself. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, first of all, I agree. Agreed. Um, second of all, I'm really here for, um, these non-black men and black men, for that matter, stepping up and like supporting yes. black women and their natural hair journey. Yeah, I've been, girl, I've been TikToking recently. <laughs> <laughs> these these white men are twisting their black women's hair. I am here for it. That is foreplay if I have ever heard okay. of foreplay. I was like, oh, that's how the babies are coming. Because, wow. Can I tell you, like, way too much information? When I have, like, I have um, silk pillowcases, as you do as yes. a black woman. And whenever we do anything that's, like, getting down and dirty in the bedroom, my husband puts out my silk pillowcase to make sure that my hair is protected while we're doing the nasty. <laughs> If that's not love, I do not know what is. Okay? Oh my that is god! Love. Right? That's beautiful. Hot, he is a hot, keeper. Hot, hot. Sexy, sexy, sexy. Yes, yes. Honestly, <laughs> so funny. He's, I'm, like, if I, I'm gonna tell him I told you, and he's so shy. He'll be like, "Oh god, oh dear, oh dear." It's lovely. <laughs> yeah, but all that to say, I'm like, I'm like, hair is. There's, you know, there's like a the musical hair. But it's about mm-hmm. like hippies and whatnot. Someone yeah. should redo and make hair, but make like the black version. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How Groundlings does movies, but as the yes, black. Have you guys yes, seen yes, that? Yes, yes, the black version. That's my favorite they, show, The Groundlings. To, it's so good. It's they so need good. to do that. Someone needs to do that as the black version and its hair and its women's hair and just like the plight of a black woman and all the hair options and the stuff yeah. that goes with it. Yeah. What, what's that play? Like five hours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that new Harry Potter one where it's like 16 hours and you have like a dinner break and then like a lunch break and then everything. Yeah. You just come back over and over yeah yeah it's a, but it's true it's like a lifelong thing right like i'm like one day i'd love to shave my head one day i'd love to have a weave because i've never had one one day i want to just like wear wigs all the time like i we get black women we get to do it all because that's just you know that's just a thing i mean everybody can that's everybody can but it's like part of the culture really is like black women's hair so i don't know it's exciting i've never i've only ever had what my mom has done to my hair. Now I have a whole new world of things. It's great. It's great. <laughs> well, before we end, I want to ask you, like, what's something, what's something in black pop culture that you were like, I do need to watch this or listen to this um, so that I can, you know what I mean? Understand. And like, what were your thoughts on it when you did? There's, there's a lot of things that are that, that I haven't watched or done or seen yeah. or read. There's a, like, um, um, Tennessee Coat, Coat, is that what it is? Tennessee Coat. Oh yeah, Tennessee Coats. Tennessee Coats. Mm-hmm. I haven't read any of his books uh, mm-hmm. or like short stories or anything, but I feel like I should. I think that like um, I read a lot of, I really liked a lot of Toni Morrison books, and I mean, not that that's like popular black culture right now, but I think it gives a real insight into like the beautiful mind of a black woman mm-hmm. who, you know, in the way that she writes and talks about things is just so. She's, I mean, she's also an anomaly in a beautiful, wonderful, like unicorn way, but. Um, just seeing things from a different perspective in that way. One thing I would really like to watch is Roots, and I still have not watched Roots because I feel like that comes up, even though it's like from what, like the 80s, it comes up so much and just like there's things, there's references that are based on references that are based on references from that um, that I would like to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, you know, like there's so much pop culture as far as like music and movies and stuff that I, I just didn't grow up listening I grew up listening to West African music and Motown. Okay. Like, you know, Motown I get and I know. And I've yeah. been to the museum and I sang and I did all the things. But like, <laughs> like you know, hip hop and stuff from the 80s and 90s and 2000s and even and into now. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know all the people. I know one or two songs. But like knowing all that, like 
those references mm-hmm. is important, I think, in certain ways, which sounds superficial maybe, but it's not. Like, that's part of yeah. what people are talking about. So I think basically what I need to do is, like, take a Black history course and then take, like, a modern Black culture course and then, like, just ask some of my friends to give me, like, what are the three things I need to look at, you know? Well, okay, this is this is going to be fun. Um, Paige and I will give you recommendations based off of thing episodes that we've had pre- previously. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to write them um, down. But I do want to say, um, after you watch Roots, so my one of my favorite comedians is Hari Kondabolu. Oh, um, so funny. Love him. So funny. Um, a- after you do watch Roots, I do highly recommend, uh, like, YouTubing his joke about the movie Roots. Okay. <laughs> um, because it's so funny. Uh, and part of what happens is that part of the audience doesn't understand it and he knows that and he has a joke for that part and it's oh amazing it's chef's kiss it's like it's so good <laughs> um, he's so good he's so funny. yeah <laughs> um okay so wait Paige do you have a recommendation based on an episode that we've had for something um, that she <laughs> consumes I, I think five heartbeats is pretty fun uh, oh, yeah. especially mm-hmm. if you like Motown that's gonna be right <gasps> rally do you know I had a poster of that movie in my room growing up because I won it at a sock hop and I still have not seen it. What? <laughs> I know. I've got to see it. It's I've got, got it. I mean, I so mean, funny. I've got to. I've got to see it. You won it at a sock hop. I love. I won it at a sock. I got to pick any poster, and I was like, "This one, please." And still, have, I mean, in all fairness, we had a Beta Max, um, you know, machine until I was like twenty, so I we, uh-huh. there was just no movies available. Yeah, <laughs> but yes. Okay, Five Heartbeats. Good. But yeah, uh-huh. five, five Heartbeats is a great one. Um, I mean, if we if we want to get into Kendrick, Kendrick is is a great hip hop place to start if you haven't already. Uh, yeah, I, I do like Kendrick. I just don't know all of his repertoire, but yes. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I personally have a strong love and affinity for the work of Ludacris, but that's oh, yeah. no bias. Luda! Okay. Luda! Yeah. <laughs> Those would be my recommendations. Though. Love it. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, I agree. I co-signed the five heartbeats. Um <laughs> Don't be distracted. Uh, he writes on weird looking paper at some point. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just get over it. They're not going to explain it. Uh, <laughs> You'll know when you get to it. You'll get to okay. that scene and be I'm... like, this is what Crystal was talking about. <laughs> you guys are going to get like a weird like text in the middle of the night. Just like, oh my God. <laughs> what paper is that? Are those the Elder Scrolls? What's going on? Exactly. <laughs> Um, but yes, uh, school days was a romp. Okay. School days Uh, was fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, I'm a fan. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Um, so my, my boyfriend also knows a ton about, uh, black pop culture. And so I am constantly learning from him about Teddy Riley and Guy and like, it's usually like music related. The Teddy Riley yeah. babyface thing. First of all, babyface. No wonder he's called babyface because damn, that guy has not aged a second. <laughs> he has not um, aged a day. Him and Andrew right? Bassett, even it's with so coronavirus. I know. But like Teddy Riley, they people were like, "Oh, Teddy Riley and um, babyface." And I was like, "Who's this newcomer, Teddy Riley?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm wrong. Oh, I'm wrong." <laughs> Oh, I, you know, but also in all fairness to me, I never remember anyone's name either. Or like there'll yeah, be a song, yeah. people are like you know, this artist. I'm like, I don't know who you're yeah. talking about. And they play a song, and I know every word. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, that's who this is. <laughs> but yeah, for real, I was like, who this? You know, yeah, it's embarrassing, <laughs> very embarrassing. Uh, yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> no, I usually I'm like, you know, I, like if if somebody references a song or a person, I'm usually like. Oh, I remember the first time I pretended to know who that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's the worst because I'm like, I'm so glad that we have phones that are connected to the internet because I'm like, oh, yeah. Like people are talking about something like, yeah, I yeah. know, right? And on the download, I'm like, you know, who Teddy Riley. It's too funny. Yeah, sometimes with my boyfriend too, I'm like, if I don't know something, it's like, 
uh, I'm, I'm like, wait, am I supposed to know it because I'm black or because I'm American? I'm not oh, ever right. sure. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> people sometimes think this is one of my, like, the thing that's kind of nice because I came from Canada. People are like, oh, maybe you didn't have that in Canada. And I'm like, yeah, 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 that's right. We didn't, um, we didn't have roots in Canada. Couldn't get, never heard of it. Oh, yeah. You roots see, you is a clothing a store. I don't know. You have a cover <laughs> yeah. story. You have an alibi. I, I have a cover story, even though I should know. Like, all my friends in Canada are like, girl, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, we didn't have it. We didn't have it in Canada. We just had Degrassi. Um, so it was- yeah, oh, I was on Degrassi. So I'm like, now really? I really know. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Great, great Canadian content. Wait, were right you there. background or did you have speaking role? No, I was a, I was a teacher. I was Ms. Grell okay. for like oh, four, no, two, no, three or four seasons. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was not on when Drake was on. Everyone asks, that's the follow-up question. <laughs> that I was, was going to be my follow-up question. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that wheelchair mofo can roll his ass on up. <laughs> Drake, but when the whole controversy of him being like started from the bottom, now we're here, and I'm like, you were on a like the biggest show in mm-hmm. Canada. Okay, mm-hmm. so you were on a wheel in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. but like, come on, man, you were not on the bottom. Like, you started know, from but middle, don't lesser sound than good. like All right, yeah. <laughs> started from the middle. Now I'm slightly higher. Yeah, yeah. Oh. you're like mm, started okay. from fairly comfortable, and now yeah. I have opportunities. <laughs> like it, yeah. Doesn't yeah. <laughs> so funny doesn't rhyme that was they had that originally like hmm Drake we like it but if you could just change that one line a little bit it would just have more flow you know (laughs) but I do like Drake I must say so seriously I know I don't don't know why I think it's because he takes himself very seriously and you're like just chill a little bit you a soft give us a hug yeah that's why fat girls love Drake though that's like a thing (laughs) what why yeah okay so I'll break this down for you. So he did a song with Nicki Minaj called Only. It's Nicki Minaj, uh, um, Chris Brown, and Lil Wayne. And Drake, oh, wow. and Drake's verse has a section that says, I love my girls BBW, the kind of want to eat some lunch and then like, or no, the kind of want to suck you dry and then eat some lunch, which lunch with you. And ever since then, if you meet a chubby girl and go, do you like Drake? <laughs> Every time <laughs> they're on board, they're like yes. every time. Do like, you know that I, line? <laughs> yes, where I have like a a craft group of of chubby, also chubby ladies, and I remember one time bringing up Drake, and all of them, all white women, were like, yeah, of course, I have all his albums. What are you talking about? Can I tell you? I saw someone posted this interview he did with somebody, um, and they posted it as a joke, and they just said creepy and it was drake talking about how they're like what's your weird obsession of like collection and he's like i have a whole collection of hermes purses that like it's only gonna go up in value and he's like and you know one day the special lady who i'm with is gonna get them and then someone's like that's creepy as fuck yeah. he's just yeah. collecting things for some lady who doesn't exist but i'm like this is what i think i think that drake is like the biggest softy the most sentimental human and mm-hmm. he just like wants to be loved and wants to be like hell like he has that line where he's like I can't remember what it is, but it's basically like he just wants to like lay with you and like hold. Like he doesn't even want to fuck. He just wants to like lay down and snuggle and spoon. And I was like, Drake, just be yourself and put out a song about how you love people and you love women and you respect them and you Canadian and like you just want the world to be a better place. I will buy every album that you have if you put that out and stop trying to be like, no new friends. I'm like, you're like inside. You're like, please be my friend. Just be yeah, yourself, yeah, Drake. Yeah. Just be yourself. Yeah. That's his next album. Just be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or plot twist uh-huh. there's bodies in the closet next to the purses okay yeah, for sure there are <laughs> well <laughs> they're just sex dolls that he's been practicing on his whole life yeah, yeah, yeah. i i honestly think that he's holding on to those purses till um the I'm woman rihanna comes becomes back in it but no to the woman uh, that he's or- actually interested in becomes of age because uh, <laughs> oh, oh i've heard some yeah some weird rum- shit. yeah yeah he's mm-hmm. been into the room mail yeah <laughs> yeah but uh yeah drake so you never did you ever meet him though have you ever met him um i think like, i met him like in passing before at like a party oh. but not oh. um not what? like it met, met him like I don't know him and he doesn't know oh, okay. me but you know just was like, it a, okay yeah, he used to I have mean, a club in Toronto that was like a secret club you had to go with someone who had a secret card and the guy who was dating at the time had a friend who had that card and it was like you go in like through an alley that was all garbage and stuff and up the staircase and then you go mm-hmm. in and it's like this beautiful place where all the drinks are free and it's music and wait like, wait wait a wait, club. wait wait 
did you start at the bottom? (laughs) And then... (laughs) That, I never even thought of that. And that is exactly what we did. We started at the bottom of the staircase, and then it should have just been called here. You know what I mean? That is the problem. Now we here. Yeah. (laughs) Where you at? Here. <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's good. Um, well, Aisha, tell people where they can find you. Um, you can find me quite easily. Uh, all of my social media and my website are all just my name, Aisha Alpha, spelled with an F, not a PH in the mm-hmm. Alpha part. Um, and then my album, All the Parts, is available on um, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora. Google, Apple, all the places. Uh, it's produced by All Things Comedy, so my video special will be coming out on All Things Comedy in July. Um, and you can catch me, um, catch me uh, on all the zooms that are happening. Right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, which club you at? The Zoom, baby. Um, so yeah, but uh, it's very. Thanks for having me on. This is so exciting to just chat yeah. and have a good laugh and connect with cool, cool ladies. Absolutely, yeah, you guys, good. and um, uh, tune into her live shout out, uh, yes. uplifting show on Wednesdays. And Wednesday mornings think, at 10. Wednesday mornings at 10, 10 PST. PST, um, 10 a.m. PST. <laughs> there are people, there's five people in Australia that listen to this, so they need to Love know. It. Um, <laughs> you guys wake up at three in the morning and listen to this song. <laughs> it's your life. Yeah. All the Instagram, all the socials at Aisha Alpha. You can catch me there being real positive. And my hair will be out. Like, they can't see me now, but my hair is in a little wet bun. But my okay, hair will be yeah. out and beautiful. Thank you guys. Tune in for the Fro Show, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, share the podcast, write us a review, and we'll be black next time. <laughs>